Amen. All right, Pastor. Now, tonight we are going to talk about, uh, specifically about uh, one of the revelation gifts. But I want us to go back a bit, all right, on the things that we've asked you. If you could please be seated at little morning by 7 o'clock. Tell your neighbor, especially you. I come on, tell them, especially you. Tell them again, especially you. All right. Also, we've asked you, Barcelona, come with a teachable spirit. Amen. Amen. And then we said to bring a Bible or a notepad or anywhere where you are making notes. Can I see where you are making notes? Can you raise those things? Hey, hey, you people, you are, yeah. So bring something and then examine what's taught. All right. Don't just take what we say and just take it as gospel, you know. Examine what's taught. And thirdly, for number four, Please read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. And finally, we said what? Can you read that? Can you read that? Now, the last time we made an introduction on the gifts of the Spirit, and then we said with these gifts, there are three that say something. All right? Three know something, and three... I'm trying to check if you've learned. Come on, Bazalana. Three do what? Say something. Three. It's on the board in case you, you don't know. And then, and then three do what? Okay, which other ones that the three that say something? We call them, we call them what? Hey, Mara, you're not learning. There were three that say something, we call them what? We call them what? Look at your neighbor who's not saying anything and say, who so what are the inspiration gifts? Let's call them number one. Number two. Number three. And then we have three that know something or discern something or reveal something. We call them revelation gifts, which are what? Yes. Yes. All right, and then we have three that do something. We call them power gifts. Which ones are they? Yeah. Yeah. All right, now today we're going to look at one of the revelation gifts. All right, just one of them. Okay, the revelation gifts. We said that the purpose of the gifts, number one, is for us to do the work of the Lord in a new and powerful way. All right? You see, Barcelona, we shouldn't be people who are sterile of God's power. All right? Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we want to do the work of God. The work of God cannot be done through our wisdom. The work of God cannot be successfully done through human effort. We need the hand of God upon our lives. Can I hear an amen? amen? Number two, the purpose of the gifts is that God wants to intervene supernaturally in our lives for our good. God wants to intervene. You know, I've realized, when God intervenes, God can solve in five seconds what you and I cannot solve in 500 years. Yeah, once God intervenes in our lives. So these gifts are there for God to intervene. Number four, 
as human beings, we have an innate desire to encounter God. But whether we beat whatever, anywhere in the world, even people who claim they don't believe in the supernatural, they still talk about being lucky. Talking about sports, when I, uh, you know, Pastor Dick and I were, were big fans of sports, particularly soccer, particularly. <clears throat> the only team that's in the Bible. God said, Son of man. Can these bones live again? Hey. Hey. I hear your mobile billing in I hear you. There's no peace in the Bible, that's what it says. <laughs> you see now later what we were saying in the prosthetic. But you know, in sports, oftentimes even when people talk about their performance, with all the training, the skill, they will also say a bit of luck. Somehow we all know as human beings that beyond all our efforts, there has to be some supernatural something, something. So, you know, we, we all have that inner desire. As human beings, we have an inner desire to encounter something that is above normal. Something that's outside the, the natural. That's why we read supernatural. Right? We have a desire. So there are times when I've made decisions, but I'm not sure if I'm right. I'd love to have a prophecy confirm that. There are times when I, 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 I am lacking understanding and knowledge about things. I need the Spirit of God to supernaturally remind me of things. Are you understanding what I'm saying, Bazaar? There's times when people go through times of incurable diseases. You, you know, you've gone to the doctors, huh? medical ADR, failure, if unalion. And you're not getting better. And the very doctors are telling you, look, we're just doing all we can. I mean, all of us would love to know, can God intervene here? You know, so if the church, Barcelona, does not operate in the power of God, let's not blame people. Let's not blame people because when people are desperate, they will do whatever. I'm telling you. Anything. They will, they will, they will, yeah. yeah, one of my neighbors who's here actually told me, one day, one day, one day, one day, Late at night, I would tell you that I have a neighbor in high mold. Yeah. Yeah. Birthday suit. <laughs> and in his explanation, or you know, this guy, I mean, is a very senior person wherever they are. Extremely. You know, and house of Leslie, I'm telling you. So, I mean, I'm saying, if the church cannot operate in things of God, let's not blame people. Now, I'm not giving you a license for a birthday suit. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, when a birthday suit, hey, when a <laughs> Number four, the gifts of the Spirit are there to publish the works of God. When God is working, people get attracted. You know, when God is at work, even people who are cynical about God, they stop to take notice. When they see your life changing, 
and they know the way you were. High all the time. But now all of a sudden you are sober. Because you know, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit are there to publish the works of God. Can I hear an amen, Bazaran? Number five, the gifts of the Spirit, therefore, are not there for self-importance or self-promotion. Right? They're not there as a status symbol. Number what? Six, the gifts of the Spirit, therefore, they are not to be merchandised. Huh? You, you know, we, we, we are not there to sell the gifts of the Spirit. It's unscriptural to get a prophecy. As though you are what? Box office. Movies on demand. Prophecy on demand. So on such a letter, then the prophecy comes. And the more the money, the more the accurate the prophecy, or the longer, or the more sensational. It's not there to be merchandised. It is not scriptural that people should pay money to get something from God. Now we know when we give, God does bless us. Giving is a principle. There's nothing wrong if people give because they want to give and they just want to show their gratitude. But it's wrong of any of us to demand that for me to operate in the gifts of God, you got to pay money. You know? I'm sure I would be among the millionaires in this country. Serious. And the places that I have preached at over the 35 years, Kirera, even a charger, blind. Pastor Dick, what do you say, my brother? When I look at the many people who come for counseling to us, and we never even charge for counseling. You know, these days when you go to the consultants, even besides the product, they charge you in general for consultation. They even never sold you the product. You know, sometimes when I try to calculate how much it would be, you know, some of you little fellow born. Five minutes. I get lights. And five minutes alone is five hours. If I could have charged, I, I think some of us. But the truth is this, Bazalona, the things of God, Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Now it doesn't mean pastors mustn't be looked after. It doesn't mean you mustn't be generous in giving in the church. For those of you whenever amen now, amen. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you mustn't look after your pastors. You should look after your pastors. But we are not supposed to be charging. Can I hear an amen, brother? I can't charge you for prayer. Why must I charge you for prayer? I can't charge you for prophecies. I mean, if you can counter the prophecies that one has made since 1979. I think Patricia who's richer than who. Number seven, gifts should not be operated at will. All right? So we don't turn them on and off as we want. Number eight, God is sovereign in imparting gifts to specific people. In other words, I can't in instruct God what gifts to give to me. So, you know, whichever gift God gives whoever, it's, it's up to him. We must just be happy. But then... Note that that word gifts might be misleading. We need to understand gifts 
are not there to be owned by us. It's not like it's a gift I own it so I can do with it whatever I want. Can I hear an amen? amen? All right. We ended by saying being filled with the Holy Spirit is the doorway to starting to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Person, I really encourage you. Pray in the Spirit a lot. You know, Pastor Dick tells me about his uh, starting days when he used to be with one of the pastors who used to make them pray in the Holy Ghost for hours. I used to be like that, you know, those years. Uh, Muruti Kenneth would pray a lot together. But I found out spending extended time in prayer, Mama Lambazalana, leads you to knowing how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Because you see, many of us, we never learned those things. We didn't know those things. And sometimes when you look at some people abusing these things, you, you cannot tend to become afraid of them. I don't know about you. If this is going to happen to me, I don't know if I'm going to survive. I remember we attended a certain... Um, this is 1979, I think. There was a tent that was pitched, Komulapo, you know? And uh, so during the service, you know, unfortunately we discovered later, unfortunately these people, they, they were preaching, but they were doing other things that were very wrong, to be honest with you. They used to uh, impersonate the anointing, you know, for more money. It was bad. I, I won't even tell you what they did. It used to grieve me. But I remember in one of the services as we were singing, you know, and, and you know, services like that, everybody just comes. And because it's not a church, you know, all kinds of people, all kinds of mimea. Are you understanding my point there? And then I remember here I was singing and then there was this who was there, who was going from aisle to aisle laying hands on people. Praying for them, you know, and he would put his two fingers like this. And those days, they can have an afro. <laughs> so, so I saw him. He was, it was aisles like this. I saw him in my heart. He mustn't come this way. And he laid it. Even the tongues he was speaking, I, they, they were. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was a lot. No, 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 no. Sweet, sweet. Ho, ho. I mean, he's got his hands on me going. Sweet, sweet. Ho. I hope you are not sitting next to somebody who prays like that. <laughs> I, I, was, I was with Muruti Ken. He was standing next to me. He just stood there. He laughed at me. You know, Masalana, I, I don't know how to say it in English. I have to say it immediately. I just stopped enjoying the service. I was just and I thought to myself, if this is tongues, tui, tui, ho. <laughs> if this is tongues, 
I don't know how to get it. Hey, I hope you are not sitting next to somebody who's doing sweet sweet. Oh. You know? <laughs> so, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, Pazalana, it's, it's one way God leads you. And thankfully these days, at least we are, we are doing our best to handle these things. You know, Paul says, everything must be done decently and in order. Doesn't mean because the Holy Spirit is moving, so and so hope it is order. I mean, some of the things we see on television. Next. And it doesn't mean how badly there are certain ways of behaving If this is what it means to be spiritual, then it can have a problem. And then the worst thing is when you follow up some of these people, they don't take care of their family they don't look after their home they always tell them I'm saving God you know so when you see that it turns you away many times you know when you see those things it turns you off it really turns you off. Or people who went there in the spirit, you know, because they're spiritual, they talk funny. Then they can't relate to anything. You know, I remember we once went, um, we went on, a, on a trip sometime, and there was one of these people on the plane with us. Just a 16-hour flight. You know, you know, on the plane, there's a lot of things to do, and there's, there's entertainment. So I was watching movies, you know. And I enjoy watching movies. So I'm watching movies. And they came and sat next to me, you know. Stood next to me, rather, praying. At least never said, sweet, sweet, sweet. And then, then, then they looked at me. They said, you know what the Lord just said to me? Yeah. And then they go on. And then after a while, they come back. You know what the Lord said? And I, could, I got the message. Hori, you are not listening to the Lord. You are watching Rambo. <laughs> when you see those kind of things, it really turns you off. When you have a parent like that, as a child, when you have a husband like that, when you have a wife like that, when you have children like that, it becomes a problem. But speaking in tongues, is like God wants to ease you into. Hallelujah. And so yielding to the spirit in one area leads to knowing how to yield to the spirit in one area. So let's go to the revelation gifts, okay? Here are the revelation gifts, the ones that discern, all right? The ones that know. It's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. Okay, now, I want tonight to talk about the word of knowledge. And the reason I want to start with it because it is this gift that began to work in my life, and I've since heard many people say, this seems to be the gift that started working in them very often after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Not everybody. It's not a rule. It's not a must. But somehow it begins to happen. As we pointed out, it is not the gift of knowledge, but it's the gift of the word of knowledge. And we use the analogy that a sentence is made of many words. If you take one word from that sentence, it is not the whole sentence, it's just a part of the sentence. So 
it is not the gift of knowledge, but it is the gift of the word of knowledge. So the word of knowledge is simply a portion of God's knowledge. It has to do with what God knows, where God supernaturally imparts to you what he knows. Watch this now. The word of knowledge is not Bible knowledge. Okay? Knowing the Bible is something different. But the word of knowledge is a supernatural implantation of God's knowledge. And when God gives it to you, this word of knowledge will be given about a situation or a thing. Alright? So when God gives you that word of knowledge, it's about a situation or a thing. Oftentimes it could deal with spiritual problems. It could deal with natural things. It could deal with the physical or the financial. There's no limit to it. Are you still with me? Are you still with me, everybody? Are you still with me, everybody? Now, as I said to you on Monday, gifts of the Spirit are there, interweaved right through the Bible. So when we read, we may not know it's a certain gift in manifestation. And I found the best way for us to understand what they are is to at least read the scriptures together. All right? I've written down scriptures both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And if you don't mind, I want us to really go through the scriptures very extensively together. Are you ready, Bazalanane? Are you ready, Bazalanane? Are you ready, everybody? I said, are you ready, everybody? So it's important for us, Bazalanane, to know that this word of knowledge is the gift of the word of knowledge. It's a God-given ability to receive revelation from God. It has to do with facts. It has to do with information. It has to do with that which is in our realm as human beings. Now, let's go to a few examples. All right? Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. What reading about Elijah at the brook. 1 Kings chapter 17. If you have your Bible, I would advise you to open it so that you can also read along. If you are not able to, if you have too many things, then you can watch the scripture. We're going to have that scripture over there. First Kings chapter 17 from verse 1. Yeah. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, as the Lord the God of Israel lived, before whom I stand, surely there shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now stay with me. The word of the Lord came to him saying, keep going, verse 3, go away from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of Jordan. This is God speaking to Elijah. It shall be that you will drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. Are you there, Bazalan? Are you there, Bazalan? Verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. So he went and lived by the brook of Cherith, which is in the east of Jordan. Keep going. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. Bread and meat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. It happened after a while that the brook dried up. Because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Sarepta, which belonged to Sidon, 
and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, no, this is the second time God is providing for him. God tells him where to go. God tells him what's going to happen. This is not a prophecy. This is God orchestrating and giving you direction about something that's coming. He's involved in it, but he gives you knowledge about something that you don't know. All right? He says, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So Elijah is that side. The widow is over this side. So he arose, went to Sarepta, and when he came up to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please give me a little water in a jar that I may drink. So he knew who the widow was. Okay? Spoke to the right person, verse 11, and she was going to, as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. Keep going. This is very, very interesting. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl, a little in the jar, and behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare me and my son that we may eat it and die. Verse 13. Then Elijah said, do not fear. Go do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourselves and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted. Nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. Wow. Verse 15. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and, and, she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. It was not a prophecy. God gave Elijah a portion of his knowledge. Now, if you remember on Monday, ne? One of the things I said was that the gifts don't operate exclusively. You remember? Or it says a little bit. They don't operate. So this is not just the word of knowledge. It's mixed with the working of miracles. All right? So Elijah was able to know supernaturally through the word of the Lord where to go, what he will find, who to talk to, and all of that. You know, Masalana, there are times when we need God to guide us. Now, this is different to being led by the Spirit. But they work together. But there are many times, Masalana, when we need to receive knowledge from God about things that are coming. Like I told you, you know, I don't know how I knew about this place. Years ago, like I said, as I was praying, I just sensed in my heart that we must start building here even if we had not been given full permission. Even if the papers had not been signed, that the land here belongs to us. I just had a sense in my heart that we need to start building because if we don't, something's going to happen. See? And so after they signed the papers, we built the church, and as you've heard me say, a year later, somebody came to tell us we've built on their site. Only to find out that when we were talking with one department this site, the same department was talking to somebody else about the same piece of land. It was not our fault. So had we, had we wasted even one week, we wouldn't be sitting in this church building today. 
Think about it, Pastor. Think about it. How a small anyana decision can affect the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's why we need these gifts. Go to 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 21. Now, this one is a very interesting one. Elisha prays for the leper Naaman. All right? He prays for the leper Naaman. You know the story. I don't want to go into the story. So, Naaman is so blessed that he has been healed through what Elisha told him to do. So, he wants to, he wants to give Elisha gifts. Okay? So, you have people who are working for you in your company. I'm just showing you how the word of knowledge can work for you in the corporate sector. So, so as, as Elisha is telling Naaman not to give him gifts, Elisha's servant Gehazi is listening in on the conversation. So when, when Naaman leaves, Gehazi thinks, Naaman, I'm going to find a way to get something from Naaman. So without the knowledge of Elisha, Naaman approaches, I mean Gehazi approaches Naaman and says to him, Bonane, um, my, my, my Lord has changed his mind. Some two young prophets have come to join him and he wants something for them. So he's asked me to come and ask for something from you. Now I want us to read it for you to hear how Elisha explains what happened to him when this guy did what he did. Are you there in... Uh, can you have it? Yeah, verse 21. Yeah. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. He went after him. When Naaman saw him running after him, he came down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? He said, All is well. My master has sent me. So who Mark? See, if we don't operate in the gifts, people but are Mark. Even in church. People come to church and lie. Kitalebons. Kitalebons of my Bible. Behold, just now, two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two churches of clothes. So he's lying, says my master, what or something. Naaman said, Be pleased to take two talents. And he asked him, Bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothes gave them to two of his servants and they carried them before him. Keep going. When he came to the hill, he took them from their hand, deposited them in the house and sent the men away and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. He stands before Elisha. And Elijah says to him, That's a better way of saying it. He said, Ubuakam. <laughs> Next verse. Then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you? Did not my heart go with you when the man turned from his chariots to meet you? Is it a time to receive money? or to receive clothes, or olive groves, vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, male and female servants. Verse 27. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman 
shall cling to you and your descendants forever. Yeah. See, if you don't have the word of knowledge, people will come to church with straight faces. But so it's a jinto. If you have the word of knowledge, God will show you people stealing in your company. God will give you insight about people who are having secret meetings to bring you down. And you'll always be ahead of them. Yeah. 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 You know, when you raise children, you really need the word of knowledge. Because sometimes, see, he comes home and said, into our Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? All right, let me give you another example. The Syrian king was very frustrated. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we'll read from verse 8. So that leap on and so on. Now, the king of Aram was fighting against Israel and he counseled with his servants, saying, in such and such a place shall be my camp. Keep going. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel saying, beware. So the prophet Elijah, all right, sends a word to the king of Israel, beware that you don't pass this place for the Arameans are coming down there. So the word of knowledge is used in a nation to give direction to the king. Yeah. Keep going. The king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God had told him, thus he warned him, so that he guided himself there more than once or twice. Keep going. All the way to verse 12. Now the heart of the king of Aram was enraged over this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you tell me? Kemang moluna pimpa. Sell out. One of the servants says, No, my Lord. No, my Lord, O king. Elijah the prophet who's in Israel, he tells the king the words that you speak in your bedroom. (laughs) You see, Basalana, if we close ourselves off, to these gifts. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. You may think when someone wants to fight against you, God needs to come to your protection. But someone, sometimes God's way of keeping you is to show you their strategy so that you can avoid it. Sometimes we pray for money, but you may find... What God may want to do is he may want to position you in the right place where you get a promotion at your job through the word of knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, the word of knowledge, for me as a leader, has been one of the major things that has saved us a lot of trouble in the church. Now there are times when I've made wrong decisions and costly ones for that matter. But, you know, when the word of knowledge is in operation, it moves you forward because one decision inspired by God can save you years of tragedy. One decision. The word of knowledge. I remember the Dem Conto is here. He's here, he'll tell you. I was preaching Combalente. 
amazing. Usually after, you know, Mbalentle is quite far. After preaching there, oftentimes I want to leave immediately because it's a long way to come back. I mean, you know. But that day, for some reason, I just had a sense in me, we mustn't leave immediately. We stayed for 30 minutes, one hour, one hour, delayed for an hour. And after that hour, then I just knew, okay, we can go. As we were driving down the route, at a certain spot, when we came to that spot, there had been a major accident that was fatal, very bad accident. And when we inquired, when did the accident happen? It was precisely at that time. An hour before. But what was funny was, is it before we passed the accident or after when I got a phone call from one of our church members? Before, yeah, before, yeah, before we passed the accident, one of our church members phoned me. This is somebody who used to work here, Mostafung Saruna. He was one of our staff members. Then they got a job somewhere and so on. Phoned me, and it was a very unusual phone call because this person never phones me. I mean, I, you know, I know them, we, we you know. You know what I mean. <laughs> we just never talk. And they ask me a funny question. They say, Muruti, are you okay? I said, I'm okay. Why? He says, they were praying in a cell or something. In one of the cell groups. And they just had a sense to pray for me. And pray for us. So, we must delay. Oh. So, you know, I didn't think much about their phone call because Babu Tite fell. After we passed that accident, then I found him. Then I asked him, I said, why on phone? Because when they asked, he just asked her, are you okay? I said, no, we're okay. And that was it. And I phoned him back. That's when he said, no. Somehow, Nereluko selling, and us, we were praying, and somehow we sensed we must pray for you. We got something, whatever. Imagine, Bazalana, the many tragedies that God can save us from. Huh? If we were to be open to the word of knowledge. Unfortunately, people don't want to understand why God gives us these things. But it is precisely. To guide us in our lives. Look at Matthew 11. Our Lord Jesus Christ sends his disciples. As they approach Jerusalem. At Bethpage and Bethany. Near the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples. He sends them. And he said to them. Go into the village opposite you. And immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt, a bongolo, tied there. On which no one has ever said, untie it and bring it here. How did he know? How 
It's a word of knowledge. God gives him a portion of what he knows. God knows everything. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Tell them that the Lord need, has need of it. And immediately, he will send it back here. Keep going. They went away, found a cord tied at the door. Outside in the street, they untied it. Some of the bystanders were saying to them, what are you doing? Untying the cord. Verse 6, they spoke to them just as Jesus had told them. And they gave them permission. They brought the call to Jesus and put their coats on it and he sat on it. Jesus operated in the word of knowledge. So, there's somebody here. It's the word of knowledge. When God gives you a portion of that knowledge. And you know, the word of knowledge, Basana, is very interesting. It's quite interesting. Sometimes it comes in the form of words you hear. Sometimes you just know. Sometimes it's almost like I can see it. There's been times when I've been in the church, I almost have a sense where the person is sitting. Almost have a sense where they are. In some instances, I know, I remember the last one that we called here who had been involved in some crime and whatever. I knew that person was in the overflow hall. I don't know how I knew, but it's through the word of knowledge. So I'm just sharing this on a personal level so that you also can learn how it works in your life. If it does work, remember, it's up to God. All right. Now, for you pastors, for you pastors, one of the things I found, the office of a pastor is equipped a lot with the word of knowledge. Because, you see, we deal in counseling people and helping people. And oftentimes I've been there when people have come to me for counseling. As they were talking, I knew what to tell them. Good, I was just waiting for them. But I already knew. And sometimes I also knew what they're not telling me. Because, you know, sometimes when people tell you a story, they make it even suitable for only one possible answer. And I found that the word of knowledge has been one of the things, and therefore, one of the things that has made me decide when I come to church that I'm going to spend a lot of time in prayer and try to separate myself is to stay in the, in the zone. The gifts will not operate. You have, to, you have to be in a state of quietness. If, if, if your mind is always active and you are surrounded by noise and you're always talking, it's going to be a problem. You've got to, you got to be still and quiet. And, and all of us are used differently through the word of knowledge. Many times for me, it hasn't just been that I've known something, but I've also known what the disease is, sometimes if it's sickness, and have even spoken that it will be healed. So it mixed now. With the gifts of healings. But I found that the word of knowledge is, is, is one of the things that is so helpful in terms of helping you making decisions in life. Helping give guidance to the direction of you. Helping you in your leadership. Sometimes you have somebody on staff. Or like one pastor said, one day God told him that there was going to be a recession that's coming. In a year or so. 
And God led him to say, you got to reduce on the st- number of your staff workers. See, Masalana, even when recession comes and difficult times comes, it's, it's not often or always where God necessarily says those things won't affect us. When Joseph was in Egypt, famine came. But God gave him, gave the king a word of knowledge through a dream. So God showed him. So there are times when God wants to show you what's coming. So that you cut down and cut back on your expenses. Yeah. Show you what's coming in the company. So that when other people go an economic downturn, when are you able to survive? God, you see, we, we, like I said, we think God should be giving us more money. But sometimes God doesn't give you more money. He just helps you to go through the situation untempered. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying, Bazaar? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Look at Jesus with a Samaritan woman. Jesus with a Samaritan woman. John chapter 4, verse 18. As Jesus was talking to this woman, he says to her, you have five husbands. How did he know? How did he know? So in his preaching, in his teaching, in his witnessing, the word of knowledge went into operation. And note, Bazalan, even when it went into operation, he didn't use the word of knowledge to condemn this woman. These gifts are not there to condemn somebody. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, they are given for our good. Hallelujah. It says, I know that you have five husbands. Even the one who is not here, not here. But I love this woman. She didn't deny. She says, this that you have said is true. I perceive that you are a prophet. Because in the office of a prophet, the word of knowledge operates in that office of a prophet. So the word of the knowledge is not there to glorify the person Take your attention from God and get money from your pocket. One minister tells a very interesting story. He said, uh, you know, he had been given a very big diamond. This is a true story. Very, no, it's a businessman who had been given a very, very big diamond by his father. And you know, it's only him and his wife who knew where that diamond was. He didn't even go and take it into the storage he put it in a place where nobody would ever guess. And some guest speaker came into town who was operating in the word of knowledge. And when he met this man one day, he said to him after the service, the Lord shows me that you have this diamond at such and such a place. And it was spot on. And then he said, and the Lord shows me that you must give me that diamond. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Some of you biologists did it the same way. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, tui, tui, ho, ho. So, 
here it is. When the word of knowledge comes, the way to know and assess properly if it's from God or not, there's a number of things you look for. Number one, does it give attention to God or to people? Because if it draws attention to the servant or the person, you see, there are people who want to present themselves in such a way that anytime you need any supernatural intervention, you must consult them. When people treat you like that, you must be very suspicious. Listen to me, Basalanane. We are not here to make you depend on us. And I'm sorry for those of you who want to treat us like that. We are here, like John the Baptist said, I'm simply a voice. Yeah. He says, the one who's coming is greater than I. No, I am just a voice. Yeah. But there are people who, in their operating of this gift, it's done in such a way that you may even feel tempted to have to consult them. They almost feel, you know, they present themselves like that. Remember, ne? you are led by the Spirit of God as well. You are a child of God as well. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? You need to listen to God yourself. Watch this now. If any word of knowledge comes your way and it contradicts with what you know and you have a discomfort about it in your heart, don't follow. But you know the word of knowledge that today turns attention on the man, makes people dependent on the person as though they are a God. But what Tukubayona is that the final analysis is to go to your pocketbook or to get you into bed with the man of God. Yeah. And don't ever feel intimidated as a child of God to say I, no. And let me add, let me add. God's not going to judge you because what they're operating under is not the spirit of God at all. It's demons and familiar spirits that you should stand against. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many people come to me in the, under the guise of being led by God telling me stuff. Many times. And what I've noted was they seem to come at that time in my life when, you know, I'm not really doing that well spiritually. You know that I'm sinning. You know that, that you know, there are times when you're just going through a speed hump and a bump in your life. You know, you, you are praying, but you're not praying. You, 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 if you're used to praying for two hours, you're praying for 30 minutes this time. You know, and things are really not working so well. And it's in that time where, where now you are also wondering, hey, I wonder. You don't know talking about and they have a word from the Lord for you. That's what I've noticed in my life over the years. They come exactly at that time. I've had all kinds come. From one another, God told him, uniform, more grace. Alabatli uniform. Alabatli uniform. Blue and. The one said, God sent them to me to take my ministry to another level. So I wanted to know why. But I know they have to do some ceremony at night. Yeah. 
12 midnight batlong rapella you know it's always mixed le thapelo le marena le ntswa ke o mong ke ona tswitswi ho so if it attracts attention to the person number 3 if it goes against god's word god's word is always the filter we use there's no spirituality above the bible and once people have such revelation that you can't trace it in the Bible, run away from them as fast as your feet can carry you. Let me give you some more examples. Ananias and Saul. You remember Ananias? He was a disciple. After Saul had an experience on his way to Damascus, Acts chapter 9 from verse 10. There was a disciple. Somebody say disciple. Say it again. It's not a pastor, it's a disciple. Look at the neighbor and say he was like you. Yeah. There was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord said to him, Ananias, he said, here I am. Keep going, please. And the Lord said to him, get up. Watch. Heavenly GPS. Go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for a man named Saul of Tarsus. For he is praying. I mean, it's so specific. The street, the owner of the house, who it is, what he's doing. Yeah. He's praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, laying hands on him so that he might regain his son. And this is how God works, my son. On the one hand, Paul is praying. He's in a crisis. God talks to him, sets him up. Come on now. Mudimu is preparing Ananias. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. Here's the point I'm making. When God starts something, he'll finish it. Are you there? If God shows you something, you don't need a prophet to interpret it for you. Are you here, Basalan? You know, we went through an era where people were taught to know if you dream Ubona a frog, it means this. If in a dream Ubona mates, it means this. If in a dream Ubona Noha, it means this. And people were so obsessed, they even produced a pamphlet. Yeah, it was like a checklist or a logbook. And, and people were so obsessed with that. If God shows you anything, all right, if you have a dream or a vision or whatever, if it's God who started it, you don't need anybody to help you understand what it is. Are you understanding? So here the side, Saul, who is just a recent convert, not long born again, He's praying, he sees in a vision, somebody coming to pray for him. On the other side, there's somebody that Paul is seeing, God is talking to this somebody, Note, Ananias says to the Lord, Lord, I've heard about many of these men, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. This is what God says. He says, and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Listen to verse 15. The Lord said to him, Go! For he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the sons of Israel. Hallelujah. 
For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying his hands on, on Paul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road to Damascus by which you were coming has sent me that you may also regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah to See, when God is at work, Bazalana, this is the things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have any dream or any vision, if you don't know what it means, just chill. Don't worry. If it's from God, God will make you understand. If it is not from him, then you know it probably is because of the pizza that you had the day before. <laughs> but don't worry about it. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Look at this one. Peter and Cornelius. Ananias and Saphir. Let's talk about Peter and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Isn't that amazing? There was a man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion who was called of the Italian cohort. Note, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, gave many arms to the Jewish people, prayed to God continually. Now I want you to see, the, the, the environment in which God speaks to people. Many of them are in prayer. Huh? Many of them are in prayer. Now, it doesn't mean our rappella, you must say, Amudimuki rappella, Yanum, why? Why was Abuilina? No, 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 that's not the attitude. But it's an environment that's conducive. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had come in and said to him, Cornelius? Fixing his gaze on him, being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? He said to him, Your prayers. And your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now dispatch some men to Joppa. Send them to Joppa. And send for a man named Simon who is called Peter. He's staying with a tenor named Simon whose house is by the sea. God just knows where you live. It's very, very accurate. When the angel who was speaking to him had left, he summoned two of his servants and devout soldiers of those who were his personal attendants. And after that, he explained everything to them, sent them to job. So God's working on Cornelius' this side. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went to the housetop about the sixth hour to pray, you see. So he was going for prayer too. And Aeneas was praying this side, Peter is praying this side. But he became angry and he was desiring to eat. Whilst he was making preparation, he fell into a trance. Now a trance is when your physical senses are suspended. One translation says he fell over bodily. He fell under the power in short. That's what happened to him. He's praying just on the floor. And there were no ashes. And he saw the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet coming down lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the sea and birds of the air. Let me read it from this side. 
And a voice came to him and said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. All right, God is setting him up. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy or unclean. Keep going. Again, a voice came to him a second time and said, what God has cleansed, don't call unholy. Don't consider it unholy. This happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Now watch this now. Next verse. While Peter was greatly perplexed in his mind, where he puts out right, this vision. Then the men who came from the house of Cornelius, having asked direction for Simon's house, just say how God works. God is working. This side, God is. When God is working, we don't, He doesn't need our help. Are you there, Basalan? God doesn't need our help. And calling out, they were asking whether Simon, who was called Peter, was staying there. While Simon was thinking on the vision on Tadutsa Nahana, the spirit of him, the spirit of God says to him, "There are three men who are looking for you." So he sees a vision. He gets a word of knowledge. And the spirit speaks to him. Get up, go downstairs, and accompany them. Without misgivings, for I myself have sent them. So he went down to the men, said, Behold, I'm the one that you're looking for. Why Lempat? They said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous man, God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by the holy angel for us to come to your house and hear a message from you. Now watch this, Basalan. Remember, at this time, Peter Kabuyena, right, he's been located among the Jewish people. He's never related with Gentile people like Cornelius. His understanding is that only Jews can be saved. He's been taught through his tradition and his Jewish practices that Gentiles are unclean people. But God is about to take off his prejudice and help him move on through the gifts of the Spirit. Isn't that just amazing? Wow. Let's continue. So he invited them, men, men in, gave them lodging. Following day, went to Caesarea. Cornelius Kiona is waiting for them. Calls his relatives and his close friends. Peter enters the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. Now, if it was some of us, Nertor offering a guy. Let's have that verse there. <laughs> Go back to that. Yeah, you see, this is why, this is where, this is where people miss it. This is where people miss it. See, once this happens, you shift attention from God. Now, Lord, Peter didn't ask the men to worship him. People will do things. When people see God use you, they start doing certain things. And if you lack the discipline and if you lack the capacity, you allow yourself to be elevated to a status that you shouldn't get to. If it was today, Nkabe Babu say, upum nigel. Yeah. And these are the things you've got to look at and ask yourself. Note, here's what a man of God did. Next verse. But Peter raised him up. Saying, stand up. Give more to like you. Yeah. 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 Even if God uses us, and we're thankful God uses us, and it doesn't mean there's nothing special in our lives, but it's still God using us. We're just human beings like everybody. Oh, Jesus. And he talked with him, 
And he entered and found many people assembled. Now you can almost imagine Peter by this time. He saw a vision. He saw a dream. Watch this. He said to them, you yourself know how unlawful it is for a man like me who is a Jew to associate it with foreigners. Visit them. Yet God has shown me not to call any man unholy or unclean. Without anybody explaining, he immediately understood what he had seen. You don't need to consult a prophet or a man of God to explain to you. If God gives you a vision or a dream, he will explain it to you. Let's continue. That is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent to you. So I ask, why did you send for me? And you can read the rest of the story. Peter started preaching. As he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard his words. Can I hear an amen? amen. Let me conclude, Bazalan. I think the first time I started operating in the word of knowledge, not first time, but in those early days, let me put it that way. 1980, when I was at Bible school, and I was home for holidays during this time. I think it was either June, July, somewhere there. I think it was the June holidays. I was cleaning at home. I remember very well, Nekikoropa kitchen. As I was exiting the door, all of a sudden I knew in my spirit because I was at the time attending the Apostolic Faith Mission. Zone 6 Comedolens. Immediately I knew in my spirit that when I go to church the following day, they're going to ask me to preach. I just, I just knew. So, and if I may advise some of you, you see, when God starts showing you things, you understand? And don't ask people to pray for you. Look at your neighbor and say, Trada. If you keep on talking a lot about what God shows you in secret, he'll stop showing you. Secondly, you don't have to wait for stellar as hard. You see, some of you see, you ask people to pray for you because but like a stellar like a tapelo how. If God said it, it will happen. But God doesn't need our help. Are you understanding? So I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody at home. But I prepared myself, and I prepared myself just in case. Pizza in an affected. Some of you didn't get that. Just in case I heard the wrong thing. And, the, and Barcelona, there's nothing wrong to miss it. There's nothing wrong. Are you understanding me? There's nothing wrong to miss it. So, I went to service. I was ready for the preaching. I prepared my message. And I didn't know that day that our pastor 
Mfundisi Oresami Mtembi wasn't going to be there. So the service started, and I think the Babatla Konshaya ka surprise because you know there was this thing where when you're a young student, Babatla Konshaya said, how much are you called?" Mfundisi Dick will know that. You you know you know that, ne? They won't know what you're talking about. We we know, yeah. So they drive the program, and you know MC. At the end, I said, let's say everything. Uti, au, siyabonga batandegayo, itini amen. Au, batandegayo, itini amen. Au, amen. Au, siyabonga kulunkulu, ngobu mutu chesu. Amen, batandegayo. Au, siyabonga. Ngoba uwe osletelana na mtanje, itini amen, batandegayo. Amen. Then he says, eh, I remember I preached from, I, I will never forget, I preached from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, from verse 24. Yeah. Hey, hey, Carrera that day. Oh, Carrera. You know, when I left, I realized something. If you allow God to lead you, I'm not saying you will know everything. You can't. We are human. We can't. But there are certain critical things that God will show you. And he will help you to know about them. Amen, Bazalam. And so God wants to use you because you don't have to be a special person to be used by God. So let's conclude. The first thing is, as I said, stay in an atmosphere where you are most likely to hear. All right. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Listen to your spirit. There are things that you'll know. Number two, when God shows you, don't go telling others. And if it comes from God, it will come to pass in your life. Number three, remember whatever comes your way has to be filtered through God's word. If it contradicts God's word, it's going to be a problem. If you have a word of knowledge that somebody's going to leave their wife or their husband and marry you, then there's something wrong there. <laughs> if you have a word of knowledge, about how to go and open the, 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 the vault at the bank to steal the money, or you have a word of knowledge to know where the cash, these cars sits, cash, then we, we, we need to pray for you. But God can give you a word of knowledge about the present, the past, about situations, circumstances, about people, places, things. And all the time when God does that, he does it so that you are not injured, you are not hurt. God can save you from danger. God can save you from selfish and designing people. Sometimes we have gotten into certain deals, put our investments 
and lost all the investments, Sahar. I'm just trying to show you in a practical way how these things work. Sometimes you went into a JV with some other people. Bought something that was on special offer. Bought a car that was very reasonable. You don't know that. <laughs> In winter time, you know some cars. I river pa er pa pa pa. It has it backwards, you know. <laughs> if you have a sense of doubt in your spirit, don't move. But God's going to guide you and lead you. Imagine Barcelona, how our life would be. And like I said, I have got several times when we missed it. But my goodness, there have been more times that we got it right. And all of it, I credit it to that word of knowledge. That decision. That that we did. Going there. Making that. Changing that. Moving there. Staying away from that group. Terminating that. Changing that. Associating with those. You know, there are things that you, you went to it. Like I was telling you when I was preaching the last time. You can, you can go to one association that opens ten doors. One. So there are certain things. It's one thing, but it's ten things come out. And when you've met that, it's open. So, so instead of struggling for a long time, that's why you find you may stand together, but down the road, you may find where you are, it's not the same place. The one was able to make certain decisions that have moved them forward. But tonight as I look around, I'm looking at people who are going to be led by God as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. May these gifts of the Spirit operate in our lives and our hearts. And Father, this is what we ask for. This is what we pray for. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. So, tomorrow we'll see which gifts will go with. Probably we'll need to do the word of wisdom and the gifts of descending of spirits. Did you learn something tonight? I'm being honest. I'm asking you an honest question. Was it practical enough for you to apply? Pazalana, Eric Fetzeng, it's just 30 seconds to go. I want you to always remember, ne? these gifts are meant for you. Yeah. All right? They're meant for you. I, sometimes I feel sad when people look at us with those, uh, you know, those, that look, that kind of says, oh, you are so in a rank by yourself. And I said, look, I understand. God anoints us and of course, because of being called, there will be things in one's life that will be more pronounced and they will, you know, of course, being anointed to preach, there are certain gifts I can operate in that someone else may not. But, most of the things that happen in our lives, Barcelona, happen in our lives because we are Christians and not because we are preachers. You understand what I'm saying? Because we are preachers. And my wish for you, Bazalana, is that you should learn these things that are for you. If Obaiza, it's not a crime. 
If you make a mistake, I've made lots of mistakes. But have the courage to follow the leading of the Spirit. Amen. When the word of knowledge operates in your life, and what I found is start with small things. And I found as I've started with small things, now I can trust God with bigger things. And bigger things, and bigger things, and bigger things. I wish I could tell you story after story. Many times when I've just known things. I've known things. There are times when I come into the service, I more or less know how the service is going to operate. Maybe not all of it, but portions of it. Sometimes I know if we were to minister this song, it's going to do this in the service. Just one thing. It just takes one thing. And I pray that that grace will be upon your life. Amen. Amen. That even as a young person, when it comes to the choice of career, when it comes to being able to get resources, I mean, some of the programs we have done in our church have been some of the greatest programs ever. When we sit in meetings, I try and listen to that. I know when that impartation has come upon us, reduce in a board meeting. They know, they will tell you. I don't mind shelving other things. When someone is talking, I say, can you go on? Please continue. And it's funny because once it hits one, it hits the other, it hits the other. And all of a sudden, we, 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 we come up with something. And all of a sudden, there's something that we start talking about, start taking form and shape. Just like these Bible seminars. These were not here four years ago. They were not here. God gave us insight. Look what God is doing now. Amen. Now, that, that's how God wants to lead you. That's how God wants to lead you. Sometimes we just depend on natural effort. Nothing wrong with natural effort. Nothing wrong with all our plans, whatever, whatever. But I found one advice from God. One can change everything about your life. And I see God changing you. And Father, for that we are grateful and we are thankful. Teach us, help us, lead us, guide us in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted and said, yeah. Why don't you give the Lord a big hand of praise, Basil? Amen. <laughs>